Hello and welcome to a special Memorial Day weekend edition of Digital Digital Get Down Get Down. This is episode 74. Still not an NSYNC tribute podcast. Still not. One day. One day we'll get there. Mm, Lance Bass Space Camp? Yes, maybe. Um, we are sitting on our porch because apparently it's summer now. Except when you don't have a pool or enough friends for a barbecue, mm-hmm. summer just means going from too cold to being too hot in the same week. That's accurate. Um, but yay, nice weather. Sunshine. Yay, tons of people in our backyard at the parking lot across the way. Oh, well. So it is Memorial Day weekend. We are a few weeks behind again, so forgive us for being behind the times with pop culture news. Not that we were ever really ahead of the times. No, that's not what we pride ourselves uh, on. Pretty on brand for us, I suppose, being like three weeks too late for any major (laughs) pop culture events. But here we are. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to start us off with the intro stuff? Am I starting this off? Um, I think... Well, I think everybody's been waiting with bated breath for our Thrones, Thrones finale hot takes. I mean, we're basically Game of Thrones level we are, of anticipation. We are the Midwesteros of that. <gasps> but, um... So, I think people are really waiting for your analysis, honey, since oh. you are such a Game of Thrones fanatic. Been there since the beginning. I have my, <laughs> that sarcasm, Two weeks right? ago, yes. Um, my biggest takeaway is that I am just so thankful that it was pretty much universally seen as a, you know, somewhere on the spectrum from shitty to just mediocre, mediocre. season. Yeah. My biggest fear was that they were going to go out with a huge bang, and in 10 years, I'd go up to people on the street and they'd be like, you never saw Thrones from start to finish? And I'd be like, nope, it wasn't my thing back then. Like, It's like Star Wars. you got you got to see it. People, you can't live without it. People still do that to me about um, Breaking Bad. Yeah. You, you've never seen... you got to go back to the start and watch the whole thing. People still do that that's to like, me. That's like... Yeah. I feel like that's a specific type of person. Whereas with Star Wars, mm, like, universally, you have to have seen it. I don't know. I think the last season of Breaking Bad, yeah. the hype, it like transcended the type of show. Like I've, I've told that to people like, oh, I've seen the last couple episodes, but like mm-hmm. it wasn't really my type of show. But like, it doesn't matter. If you don't see the whole arc, then you wouldn't get it. You have to go back and watch it. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, even more of a good reason that this kind of puttered out at the end. Okay, Lost fan. That's exactly the thing, though. Right. No one's ever going to be like, oh, you, you didn't see Lost. You have to go back and start it again. We have to go back. <laughs> We're on fire. We should take three weeks off all the time. I've seen just enough Lost to make the Lost jokes, and that's about what I'm happy with. That's all you need nowadays. Yeah. Not Penny's boat. Yep. Um, so yeah, I am mostly just thankful that I don't have to go back and pretend to be interested or ever watch it again. I'm even, like, bored of the anger about it. Yeah. Like, I'm over it. It was it was only eight Sundays of your or six Sundays of your life six, six Sundays. Sundays, which is one of the or dumbest if you're things. Or a teacher six Monday afternoons because yeah. it's too late to stay up on a uh, Sunday night. I, the, like the funniest thing I thought was like when people were like, "Oh man, yeah, they had to squeeze all that into six episodes." They didn't. And it was like there they was no that. no indication. I'm sure HBO would have loved to stretch it out to ten or twelve weekends. They chose to finish it this season. They weren't getting canceled. It's the yeah. biggest show of all time. And they chose to squeeze it into that many episodes. I mean, yeah. I'm sure they had a budget and whatnot, but uh, the my only comment, I guess, is that so much more is coming out just about how shitty 
uh, David and David, whatever their names are. Mm-hmm. David DB and David Benoff and David Weiss. Yeah. Whatever. How shitty they are. How, like, they never should have been in charge of adapting this themselves. Mm-hmm. And how... Now they're they trusted with a Star Wars movie. Basically, like, pushed away a lot of the other writers and directors and stuff, and they chose to do it all themselves to, like, fulfill their artistic vision or whatever. Yeah. But then they just had, like, no women writers. They had, like, no actual writers who had experience adapting a type of medium like this. And they chose a director. And you're saying too. in previous seasons they did? They had a bigger yeah. writing team in previous seasons. They didn't direct their own episodes in previous seasons. Like, I think they just got a little too big for their britches. Oh, definitely. And were just like, I loved how there was no behind-the-scenes in the last one. Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure they'll say, oh, we didn't want to, you know, end the entire run with with our stupid faces, but I guarantee you they filmed something and then cut it based on the reactions, reactions that had been coming out. Yeah. And then a bunch of stuff has come out from, uh, now that there's like hate about them, but all the shitty stuff they did on set and the shitty way they treated a lot of the actors and how they like literally in the early seasons told the writers to put more gratuitous nudity in. What does that and... say? That these things only come out when the show gets mediocre? Yeah. It's not a good standard to set. No. Uh, so... That's my take on it, is why do New Yorker white dudes keep getting, like, their first major jobs of something like this? Like, why did they ever get put in charge of this? Um, we also watched the last two Big Bang Theories ever. I still have yet to tweet this, uh-huh. but, like, Big Bang Theory finale was better than the Game of Thrones. <laughs> that was going to be my leading question for you, yeah. It was. Um, I enjoyed the I Game of Thrones more, one more because I was laughing at how mediocre I it was. I felt more emotions. About the Big Bang Theory finale than the Game of Thrones finale. Really, the little huddle of all the random characters that are still around and do it for you? Talking about, should we invent democracy or not? That that part was just laughable. That scene was so bad. And then they were like, look at this book we found. It's called (laughs) A Song of Fire and Ice. Come on. Come on. It's like a bad cliche. Um, So did we miss one season of Big Bang or two? One and a half. I think we watched like half... Mm -hmm. Like a, yeah, a mid season. Started the previous season. Finale. So we watched we like kind of petered out with it. I got I was kind of getting over I got over the whole like ball and chain jokes. Like they're really bad on that show about yeah. like how like your girlfriend slash your wife slash your significant other is like the worst and I'm just kinda of over that attitude. Yeah, we got into that because we did talk about We did. Sheldon and Amy's wedding was when we finished. Right. Yeah. We never saw their wedding though, did we? Yeah. For sure. I don't I don't remember seeing their wedding. But yeah, I was secretly hoping that Penny had wised up and moved on by the finale. Yeah, I but was But instead she's not wised up, she's knocked up. Accidentally. I was hoping the um, finale was going to be them getting divorced, but I guess it would be a happy <laughs> finale. Um, um, but I thought it was good. I, I didn't really care for Sheldon's, like, come-to-Jesus moment about his friends. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a little bit too... Uh, Cheesy. Mm, What's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, Like, just a little bit too sugary. Yeah. Um, Saccharine. It was too saccharine. It was too, like, sugary sweet. Uh, But I really liked the rest of that episode, actually. I liked the Nobel Prize plot and whatever. Okay. I I thought it was fine. It was fine, yeah. But clearly... um, you know, TV shows are not meant to run that long. No, and they definitely run out. That's that's why they have to. How many fall other back seasons on. were 
were uh, based around some members of the group up for some sort of award for some sort of discovery, while and children and couples happen in the background. Yeah, yeah. Um, they definitely run out of th- run out of jokes, and I think that's why they did fall back onto some like unnecessarily sexist yeah. jokes and racist jokes and stuff. But that, not that that did an excuse, but they were out of material, I think. Yeah. I also watched the Broad City series finale. Okay. Um, the last season of Broad City was a little... Well, all the seasons of Broad City were a little hit and miss for me. Like, mm-hmm. some of the episodes were, like, laugh out loud, hilarious, amazing. Some of the episodes were really, like, cringy or just, like, didn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so the finale... It was pretty good. Same thing. I never, I didn't feel enough about that show. That was just kind of my go-to show when I was just watching a half-hour comedy. Yeah. That I, I mostly felt about it that it was convenient. Those shows are very valuable. The laundry they folding are. shows. As they, they are. Call them. The I get home from work and you're not home yet and I need a snack kind of show. Yep. Uh, so they play an important role in my life, mm-hmm. but I also don't necessarily feel a ton of emotions towards them. I wish Netflix had a category for that. After school snack shows. Yeah. After work snack shows. Mm-hmm. For us adults. Yeah. Um, speaking of series finales or series that are now over. Mm-hmm. Glee apparently debuted ten years ago. Yep. So the headline didn't click it. So old. Correct. Lost so many years of my life to that show. Not that many. <laughs> so many hours of my life. Yeah. To okay. That show. And to. A couple of dark years. Couple of dark years. Associate, like yeah, all those. How many hours have you waited in line for Colfer or yes, or Chris, or like spent on Tumblr or fan fiction or? Mm-hmm. I mean, I did make some great friends. Shout out to Elizabeth. How much money did Glee make off of you? How many iTunes songs did you purchase? Did they make like what seven dollars off of you? I was pretty selective. Uh, I have the first couple CDs from the first two seasons when they would release like an actual CD. Oh, yeah. And then I was pretty selective and I would just buy certain songs, not full CDs. Mm. So many of the songs got shitty. Fandoms are weird. I have. They're actually, unhealthy. I can tell you because... Oh, boy. <laughs> just lost a phone. Um, because I have them on here. St- actually, I don't think I have all of them. That's probably for the best. Once in a while, I will still go down. Name your, name your top five. I know number one would be Schuster rapping Kanye. Oh my god. Um, Barely Breathing with Corey and Dan. I do love that one, yeah. Um, How Will I Know, mm-hmm. the Whitney Houston one. Um, I Feel Pretty, I'm Pretty. Mm-hmm. Teenage Dream, obviously. Yep. Um, maybe Not the Boy Next Door. Opened so many doors. Not the Boy Next Door. Chris Colfer, that was on his best. Mm-hmm. Um, Paradise of the Dashboard Light, that was one yep. of the best, like, ensemble ones. True. And you can't go wrong with, like, the first... Journey. Piece. But, yeah, Don't Stop mm-hmm. Believing and um, Somebody to Love, like, the first seasons. Mm-hmm. I also really love Don't Rain in My Parade still. Yeah. It's a good Leah, Michelle one. Um, Baby, It's Cold Outside. It's a good year-round hit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I think that's a good, a good Glee five minutes. Anyways, I just... Definitely had some fandom friends that I saw and some Twitter people going back down that rabbit hole. Someday, I will watch that last season because I never watched it. I never watched sure, the second babe. half of it. Someday I'll do a rewatch, actually, because I've never done a real rewatch. The whole thing? I'll skip episodes that I know are shitty. Mm. But at least like the first couple episodes, first couple seasons rewatch. Mm. But that was a trip down memory lane slash reminder of how old I am. Yep. 
Um, I've continued on my path of trying to re- read the entire bibliographies of certain authors. It's not I'm rolling my eyes. It's not going as can't well. Hear that on an audio going podcast, but as well that. as planned. So because it's going so poorly, I've actually cut the list down. The only ones I have why left. Don't you, why don't you pick authors that have fewer books? Like I've read all of Rainbow Rowell's books. You only yeah, six. that's why Fitzgerald was a perfect first pick. Four and a half books. Did you finish them all? Yeah. Do you not subscribe? Well, you have a short stories too. Oh yeah, that doesn't count. So okay. right now the list is only going to be Paul Auster and Kurt Vonnegut after this. Maybe I'll do that for J.D. Salinger. Um, Didn't he only write one book? Who's the one that only wrote one book? Well, like one and a half for him, but yeah. That's Harper Lee, you could do, yeah. That's a joke. That's funny. Um, so I'm on Don DeLillo right now. Not going great. I would do Paul Auster, except I don't want to read 4321. It's too long. Yeah, no. I don't. I think I'll just tell you which ones to read. I read some of his. I liked his like, yeah. short story ones. I have some of them. Uh, so I'm about halfway through Don DeLillo's career. And you're like not enjoying it. No, I think I've given a couple of D's, definitely a D minus, which is almost an F because it was unreadable. I have given it an F. Um, nothing higher than a C minus so far, I believe. I think we talked about this before, but I thought I wanted to do that with Nick Hornby. Oh, no. Well, because I really liked his first book. Yeah. Every other book that I've read of his, I've liked it less and less, and now I've given up on that idea. I still might try a couple other ones of his, because at least they're really short to get through. Sure. But, man, About a Boy was like such a disappointment. But yeah, you realize like you don't really need or want to see an author becoming their best selves. There was a reason that their famous books are the famous books. Correct. So we're coming up to a major pivotal point, because I'm one away from White Noise, which I've always considered to be fantastic. And but this I is, could not, for the record, yeah. could not get through it. I have tried multiple times to read that, gave up. So I'm Cannot get super it. nervous that I'm going to hate it as well because I know there are certain elements that I have like grown super weary of from all his other books because he writes all of his dialogue the same, none of which is realistic. Um, the book of his that I actually gave the best is one not um, associated with his name. It's called Amazon's An Intimate Memoir by the First Woman to Play in the National Hockey League. I saw League. that and I was like, what the fuck books have you been reading? By Cleo Birdwell. Cleo Birdwell, apparently 20 years ago, was found out to be a pseudonym for okay. Don Lillo because he came up with this idea and his normal publisher was like, no. So he pulled a like JKR kind of thing. Yeah, and went to a different publisher to get this published. It has less, almost nothing to do with hockey. Or sports. It is not. It is not the hockey version of pitch, even though that's what it it claims to be. Yeah. Uh, but it was weird enough that his kind of shtick worked for it. Okay. Was not progressive enough to like hold up in modern times. Yeah. Um, but he is very insightful about things from the future. Like he was clued into like um, like domestic terrorism issues okay. and a lot of a lot of like political and societal trends writing in the 70s and the 80s mm. which is impressive mm-hmm. um so this one i gave a b minus um mostly just for the bizarre factor have you reread white noise anytime recently like uh would have been one time after college like 2012 probably so seven years ago yeah do you think after reading his other books you will reread it and be like, yes, this is still his best? Or will you be like, this is the same old shit repackaged? Tune into the next podcast to find out. Is that your plan? Yeah. Okay. Um, the other I great... don't really care that much for the record. Okay. The other biggest thing to take away from this is that it has 
rid me of any any little David Foster Wallace like fanboyism that I sort of had. Okay. Because you realize in reading a lot of and apparently David Foster Wallace loved this weird hockey book. Uh, but you read a lot of old DeLillo and you see you understand that David Foster Wallace was kind of doing an, impre- an impression of him. Okay. So where I thought David Foster Wallace was like coming out of things from like really unique places, like you know that his that line that always gets talked about about the fish the in the fish, sea. Yeah. Don DeLillo does that in a paragraph as well. Mm. So I, he's he got taken off the list DFW about for me to read okay. his entire bibliography. Okay. So I'm almost like cleansed of like my. Typical white lit boy. Okay. Yeah. I was going to save this for later in the podcast, but I'm going to say it now. Yep. I was just talking to you earlier today about how refreshing it is to read books from someone that doesn't try to be like pretentious and older than you and coming at it from a different perspective, mm-hmm. but reading books that are by people that like are more of your generation and get you. Like I just finished Red, White, and Royal Blue, which was one of my most anticipated books. For sure. You bought it like three times. Seriously. Fuck you, Target. You cannot say that in the greater Twin Cities area. They canceled my order for no reason, and then I was able to go back and buy it again, and they sent it. They canceled it like a week before. I got I got the book late because I had mm-hmm. to reorder it. But you're not harboring any resentment towards the book. You you loved it. Um, you I gasped thought, page I the, after page. I thought the book was going to be overhyped for me. Because it's been very hyped by a lot of people, and I was on the hype train along with Elizabeth, friend of the show, uh, for a while. Yeah, I was really hoping you were going to be disappointed by this book. I was not. I was so um, looking forward to you. I've being thought about it a lot. I think it's going to be an A, and not an A plus. Okay. Yep. But like a very solid A, like okay. an A the whole way through. I gasped. I laughed. A lot of references were just really spot on for me. Mm-hmm. Like, if a book references both Parks and Rec and Great British Bake Off, and it keeps a little bit of the same tone of Parks and Rec, which I think is a, uh-huh. a challenging thing for pop culture to do, is to be wry and sarcastic and funny and honest, but still keep like a thread of optimism yeah. while still having emotional ups and downs and stuff. And I think this book really did that. But it also, like, was written by someone that like I would be friends with, and she's very much like of my generation, mm-hmm. and has the same cultural touch points yep. as I do. And it was really nice to read a book that I feel like I could—not that I could have written because her writing is much better than mine—but mm-hmm. to feel a book, to read a book that like feels like it could have come from me. The source material, yeah. And honestly, some of it was like my book. Some of the last chapters that had to do with election night stuff. Call the title, like, babe. Let's get some views on Amazon. It was really like, oh. Last Candidate last standing. standing. For the record, By I Heather always, C. Lewis, pen name. I always wanted to call it How to Survive Presidential Election, and I got outvoted at every turn. By me? Yes. And no. a lot of other people. Okay. I just let it fit the tone, because my book is like new adulty, kind of like this one. Yeah. So I thought Last Candidate Standing makes it sound like something like a John Grisham thriller. Yeah. Or How to Survive a Presidential Election we're sounds gonna, a little bit We're going to requery that with a new title. I think you're right. Um, I think it's too late with the way that our government is right now. Like, the, mm. the ship has sailed for my book. I because, don't know. Third parties. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to change some of the... Like the topics and stuff. Well, buy it now while it's a first edition. But anyways, I think that you should finally, eventually move a little bit away from your mm-hmm. um, 
white MFA. Finally. I think I'm a pretty diverse reader nowadays. You've done pretty good nowadays. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you were saying that this is your last. Yeah, yeah. This is the last hurrah. Hurrah. And I just, I think there's something of value reading from people of your generation, writing about Mm -hmm. topics and things that you care about. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So I really enjoyed the book. It, I literally, like... I don't usually do this with books. I have been very emotional lately, but I literally like put down the book and cried at one point, mm-hmm. which I, I can't remember the last time I've done that with a book, at least not about like, a character death or something. This was just like a line that just like shot straight to my heart and I just like had to put the book down and cry. Whew. So there was a lot of stuff that I really related to and I really appreciated that it was like a romantic drama kind of thing but most of the drama was internal it wasn't like all of these gossip girl level like misconceptions and misunderstandings that create the drama Mm -hmm. the drama was a lot more internal and a lot more i don't know how to describe it it's just it's so frustrating sometimes when it's like why aren't you just telling them the truth this whole plot like hinges on something stupid whereas this one felt really real and really earned um and it still felt dramatic even without having a ton of like forced Soap opera drama. I'm going to read it, babe. I can't wait. I'm going to make you read it. I don't know if you're going to get as much out of it as I did. However, I'm excited for you to read it. All right. Let's do some news. Okay. So we can get into the good stuff. Got two good newses. Okay. Go ahead. They're really small. Just videos. Okay. Um, Amy Poehler on Seth Meyers Mm -hmm. talking about free climb. What's it called? Uh, Something solo. Free solo. Free solo. Not a Star Wars movie? No. Um, I just think she's really funny on Seth Meyers because basically they're just like friends chatting. Yeah. And she just laid into Free Solo about like how it's not going to be funny when I do it. No, it's not. But she had this whole bit basically about like how in that, in that movie there's like something he had to do. Which Adventurous is like, no, people who he claim, didn't. Yeah, who claim they have to do There's no things. one dying. There's no one waiting for the vaccine at the top. Like there's no, it's not a Balto situation. Like... <laughs> Uh, so I just really liked her bit. You had a mind. lot of fire to spit about late night hosts. You had, you had a lot of analysis on Jimmy Fallon versus Seth Meyers. Well, you would think that they Sitch. would both have a similar vibe because they're both from SNL, like previous SNL people. I can't watch but like thirty seconds of Fallon talking to anyone. He's like so over the top, and Seth Meyers is so boring. And somehow yeah. Seth Meyers' boringness, he's from New Hampshire too, I shouldn't call him boring, but mm. somehow just his alienating like... alienating everyone. He's just very bland. It's not that he's like boring, mm-hmm. he's bland. He's a straight man, kind of. Like plays the straight man. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's not like the comedian. He like balances out the comedian. Correct. Um, so I think, uh, what's her face? A.D. Bryant. I was going to say, are you going to really bring up A.D. Bryant and talk about cheese? That was funnier than the Amy Poehler ones. That was also very funny. Yeah. Um, I watched Amy Poehler before we watched Amy Bryant, but she went on a very uh, funny story about how her and her husband went on a romantic vacation and that the host, the tour guide was like, or we have the cheese factor and they were like, yes, sign us <laughs> up. Um, and it was just one type of cheese. It was just Parmesan Did cheese. Did you sample a lot of types of cheese? No. And then they talked about how like they ate more. They like held the record with the most cheese eaten or something. Mm-hmm. And when we went to Costa Rica, we went to this chocolate factory, which then later made me very ill. Um, plantation, not factory, I should say. Yeah. And um, they were like, oh, you can have as much of you want have as a you sample. want of the fresh chocolate because it was just the two of us on the tour. Private tour. Uh, it was kind of a sketchy place. And 
We ate all of We've it. We've never like, seen anyone eat all the chocolate. We've never seen two people eat all that. Usually that's how much we give for tours of like six or eight people. We don't even <laughs> finish. And we ate the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I had the worst food poisoning of my life after that. So maybe not a coincidence. But, mm-hmm. um, the other video that I watched that was that I thought was very funny was the Celine Dion carpool karaoke. Mm-hmm. Just because Celine Dion is like, she is just such a character. Yeah. She's just like a larger than life like person and doesn't even realize that she must is. Must be so weird. Must be so weird. They were like giving her shoes away on the strip. Yeah. It's very weird. And then they did like a Titanic reenactment in a fountain. Mm. I don't know. It was strange, but it was over the top in like the most Celine Dion possible way. Yep. So those are really my only good news is. Yeah, I don't really have too many. Um, we're going to the Minnesota Twins tomorrow night. First game of the year for us. Mm-hmm. I wanted to give them a shout out for realizing how sad it was that their entire stadium was empty on TV. Mm-hmm. So they gave away $5 tickets for most of the month of May. Yep. And now they're actually getting some fans to see their really good team play. They're one of the best records in the, um, Correct. in the league. They're way out ahead in their division. Uh, and we got free tickets, so that's even better. Yeah. Um, I had put on the Arthur Gay wedding thing as good news, but I guess it turned into bad news within the last week or Why? so. Because uh, some country, or, yeah, I think it's a country or a state is uh, not Alabama. allowing, yeah, the PBS, it it's basically another country, um, is not allowing PBS to air, air that uh, season premiere. I don't understand how we're still here. Um, we're still in it, this. Expound on that. I don't understand how oh. we're still dealing with this issue. Like, why do you care? Get over it. It's art. They're aardvarks. Nobody's forcing you to see dicks on the screen. <laughs> aardvark dicks. It's a cartoon. They're not. They're rats. They're not aardvarks. Should we try to do our favorite game, which is Bennett tries to remember the theme song to? <laughs> I don't know how it's down the street. There's people that you meet. Listen to the rhythm. Rhythm, rhythm of the street. Listen to the rhythm. Oh boy. No. Um, How many times at like 2 a.m. have we had to Google that song? Yeah. And then sing the whole thing through before we could pause it? Um, bad news. I don't even want to get into these too much. Or this one. Uh, we forgot to, I forgot to mention Sonic the Hedgehog on the last one. <laughs> yes. And the internet's just destroying of that. Dreams. That very bad trailer, which I fully admit it was a bad trailer. But it was not as bad as the internet demanded it. The internet loves to hate things and cancel things. Cancel Sonic. Who the fuck cares? Nobody is passionate about Sonic. Speaking from someone who loosely loosely cares about Sonic. Correct. I I did not have a Nintendo growing up, so I have no affinity for the Mario Brothers whatsoever. But I got a Sega Genesis, and I didn't actually like, I didn't actually love the Sonic games that much, but I was told that Sonic was the face of Sega, so I had to that like Sonic. That was your thing. You had to like Sonic if right. you were sick. And now, just like Batman, I feel like people have taken something that I sort of liked, and I was okay with it being kind of goofy and silly. It, okay, whatever that means. <laughs> and now they've ruined it because the fucking hedgehog had teeth. I yeah. don't care that it had teeth. And the news came out. T- How do they think they're going to fix it? Oh, they, they're delaying the movie by four months to take yeah, on the crowd like feedback. logistically how. Yeah. Like, with the live action way they went, I don't yeah. think there's any solution. I just, like, who cares? Like, are you going to see Sonic the Hedgehog in theaters to see a critically acclaimed movie? Like, you're going because it's going it to be weird. It be like Detective Pikachu, where it's like yeah. you're going because you liked Pokemon as a kid. The internet said that's the way to do it, and Sonic did it wrong. 
They don't even know how Sonic did it yet. It was a two-minute exactly. trailer. People love to jump on trailers. Oh, my God. Maybe you should be angry at the person who made that trailer. Yeah. All right, so that's my bad news. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction with bad news. I bet, yeah. We have not had a podcast since all of the abortion bans came out. Uh-huh. And I don't know if I have the energy this afternoon on, like, a lazy Sunday mm-hmm. to get super fired up about this. But I'm very upset about it. Understandable. Um, in so many states, the laws that they're making are so fucked up. And, like, they know that they're not going to get through. Like, they've already been blocked by courts. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're not they constitution. Have? Yes. They're not, uh, how do you call it? They're, they're, they violate the constitution. All of them. Okay. Because so even when the governor is signing them into law, they're... They're then getting appealed into the right. court system Got by, it. like, the ACLU and other people, and then the courts are... it's not a state's down. rights because of the Supreme Court ruling. Correct. Because okay. of Roe versus Wade that ruled that, you know, women have autonomy over their bodies mm-hmm. to some extent. Um, they're not constitutionally viable. Right. But... So why why are they... Because they're gunning for Roe v. Wade, because they stole that Supreme Court seat, which has now gone to fucking Brett fucking Kavanaugh, mm-hmm. and RBJ, RBG, yep. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, not Lyndon um, B. Johnson, <laughs> whatever, um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is like getting up there. She's not been in great health. Yeah. Like, we need to hold on for forever. another year. We just need another uh, year. Year and a half. Hopefully. Um, but they are want to go after Roe v. Wade. I That's been a big... Still, I don't understand that part, though. I saw one sort of next level, I won't call it conspiracy theory, but just a theory that it's like actually a way to prevent minorities from voting or something. Would you like the actual connections to that? Yeah, I'm missing a few links. So, in a lot of states, if you are in jail, you cannot vote. Right, yeah. Yet, they use the jail, the, pe- the numbers of the people in those jails, to count towards their Senate seats, their representation, mm-hmm. and their population. So they use the people in jail to boost their population, Yeah. but then don't let the people in jail actually vote. Yeah. So, and when you think that the people that are jailed are disproportionately minorities, especially black And then you're women. And now... It's a way to target black women and women of minorities, uh, women of color. And one of the best takes I saw on it was basically like, when you're outlawing abortion, what you're doing is you're outlawing abortion except for except for rich people. Because oh, absolutely. They're going to have private, private doctor. doctors yeah. that will go around it, and any congressman's girlfriend, mistress yeah. that needs one is going to be able to get one. Sure. It's the people that actually don't have safe access to healthcare that are going to get hurt and killed and so, not have this access. do you think the, the the political voting factor is a is the driving factor or just no, the, one I've, element? My version of the conspiracy theory that I've heard is mm-hmm. that uh, because they're so against illegal immigration, yep. the U.S. population numbers are going down because people are having fewer kids, uh-huh. like educated women. And women that now have better access to birth control and healthcare and whatever have it's like statistically studies have shown that they have fewer kids. Mm-hmm. Like women that are educated have job, have a career and have access to birth control and sex ed mm-hmm. have fewer kids. Mm-hmm. 
there aren't very many people who intentionally want like six kids. Right. Not that there's anything wrong with people that do. I won't get into the whole the earth is dying a debate right now. Mm-hmm. But people choose women choose to have fewer kids. But if so if people are having fewer kids and we're not allowing any legal immigrants in, or sorry, mm-hmm. any immigrants at all, they're cracking down on legal immigration in air quotes. Mm-hmm. Then the US population is not gonna be able to support itself. Yeah. There's not gonna be enough people for those jobs that nobody wants to do. There's not gonna be enough people to support the infrastructure that we need. Yeah, that one to me seems like a reach too. And I know it's not religiously motivated because it's been proven that these people who who call, you know, who claim religion as their, you know, credence of belief aren't really that religious. Who, did you see some articles about who is getting all of the babies that were stolen, kids that were stolen from the border? No. White Christian families. Adoptions. Yes. Hmm. They're adopting the kids, and then when the moms of the actual kids tried to, this literally happened, Mm -hmm. tried to get custody back of their kids, she was denied. Her Mm -hmm. children were taken away from her, given to, like, a white evangelical couple through, like, the foster system or whatever, and that couple intends to adopt that kid. Mm -hmm. And the court ruled that the mother was, she didn't have a stable enough, like, secure enough life to get her own child back, so that child... This isn't a recent detainment. Yes. The foster oh, no. system doesn't work no, that No, I thought way. you meant a recent court case. This is yeah. a recent court Got case. Got it, okay. Um, so, that's part of their deal, is handmade style, mm. giving these kids that get put up for adoption to white families to raise them as Christians. I just don't get it. I don't see the I don't and see the political And now they're not allowing Trump has said he doesn't want to allow to allow LGBT couples to adopt kids either. Uh-huh. I just don't see what so political I've seen a lot purpose of that's serving. That it's to put more kids into white Christian families. I don't know. Okay. But basically, without getting into all the conspiracy theories behind it, um, it's just bullshit. A lot of the the implications behind the very like vague wording they're doing in the laws are very scary. Um, in Georgia, miscarrying could be considered a secondary murder. So anyone who miscarries is uh, basically able to be like brought in for questioning mm-hmm. to make sure they didn't intentionally miscarry, and that can be if, if it if some not even a doctor probably. If, like, some fucking racist cop decides that you intentionally miscarried because you had a glass of wine before you realized you were pregnant, then you could go to jail. Well, is it true that one politician said that abortions will be legal until you know you're pregnant? I saw that quote somewhere. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) That you can have an abortion until you know you're pregnant. Yeah. Um, And these, like, heartbeat laws and six-week laws are just ridiculous for so many different reasons. Like... Most people don't even know they're pregnant until six to eight weeks, depending on their cycle. Sure. Um, and the heartbeat, it doesn't even, like, at that point, it's like a bunch of heart cells moving. It's not even, it doesn't have a fully formed heart yet. Like, the, it's just so frustrating, the people making these laws, because they think it's a six-week-old baby. Mm-hmm. If you're six weeks pregnant, the baby is, like, two to three weeks old. And by baby, mm-hmm. I mean cluster of cells. Yeah. Like, it's very frustrating. It's like the size of, like, a grain of rice at that point. 
Why not, go, not a why not go be a vegetarian? You can save more hearts that way. And in Ohio, speaking of things that like are not even science, the proposed law had written into the law that it would also apply to ectopic pregnancies, which is when the egg implants in your fallopian tube, which is dangerous, super dangerous, will never be viable because it cannot grow safely there mm -hmm. and is very, very dangerous to the mother. Um, in that, in the law, written into the law, said that they would um, try to move the uh, egg into the uterus and implant it there instead of in the fallopian tubes. Oh, good lord. That doesn't exist! That is not a medical procedure that exists. Don't you think if they could have done that, <laughs> they already would have figured out how to do that for all those people that want to get pregnant and accidentally, like, it goes into their, yeah. it becomes an ectopic pregnancy, whatever? Like, some of the laws are also vague enough that it would make birth control illegal. And it's saying that anything that prevents uh, pregnancy is considered an abortion. <sighs> How is a preventative matter, matter like birth control, mm -hmm. considered an abortion? That's literally the connection they're trying to make. It's ridiculous. And really? like the, the arguments that I agree with the most are like if you really wanted to reduce abortions, mm -hmm. you need to make birth control cheap and accessible for everyone. You need to have better sex ed. You need mm -hmm. to have better uh, maternal care, better health care in general. Mm -hmm. And you need to have a better family leave policy. If you really wanted to reduce abortions, all of those things would do that. Sounds Instead, like you got to uh, run for something, babe. No. City council. No. All right. I think we're going to have to move along. Okay. Um, I'll do the advertisement while you, sure. while you take a breather. Um, bookdigits.com, B-O-O-K-D-I-G-I-T-S.com is still up and running, still paying the bills for it, so we will take all the donations you have. We have some, we have quite a few members into the Diamond Club, including... I'm not in the Diamond Club yet, but I'm at the top of the chart again. Okay. My friend of the we show, did. Elizabeth, is now in the Diamond Club. Yeah, though. we got one red diamond already to chase down. Um, but yes, Miss... Heather, a.k.a. Remus Lupin, <gasps> that bitch. is back in second place, apparently. I need to make my review, and then I'll be in first place. Um, so yes, please join. Shut, tell us what you're reading. And rate your recent books. check out our Instagram. Books. I'm going to do a giveaway soon once school ends of Red, White, and Royal Blue, because I end up with an extra copy, because Elizabeth is the best. Thank you. Okay, so we are going to do a Mega Marvel podcast. We love Marvel. To just get... Get it all out of the way. Remember that time we said we would never see another Marvel movie again? Uh, you went on the record on this podcast, yeah. I did. I was, I was open to waiting for Captain Marvel and... Uh, what was this last one called? Endgame. Infinity War. Endgame. Until they came out on streaming and watched them then. You got suckered into it because we had one friend and she was like, let's go see them. Yeah, and like, is it really going to be the same if you see it on streaming? I saw Mad Max Fury Road on a plane, and it was just horrible. Um, Endgame, we only paid seven, uh, $7 to see, which I'm proud about. We only gave them $7, yeah. so it's not even a dollar per superhero. Okay. Um, so I think we should start, actually, with the video game, because okay. I wanted to talk about that. we got some books to talk about in upcoming episodes, mm -hmm. but figured we'd do a game and then a couple of movies. Um, so Spider-Man was an exclusive for the PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, around Christmas time, I had a decision to make about what game I wanted, and I had it narrowed down to Red Dead Redemption 
2 or Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. And I flip-flopped quite a few times, but ultimately I think I made the right call. Thrilling. Um, <laughs> so I played it pretty much since January then. So I got a good three to four Which months like out of it. Month. Yeah, three to four months out of it. Um, you played on occasion. Mm -hmm. It was Mostly. more a solo game for me. You would come in and be like, can, can I, I swing? swing? Yeah. And I'd be like, because I knew you swinging would turn into you kind of bumping into a, a uh, conflict. That I was way outmatched for every time. You were. the Right. Our, our character that we had built was not, but your button mashing was. Mm -hmm. It's, you I'm can't. a very good button masher, but when you get yeah. to the more complex suits and things, you really need to just know like the power moves and stuff. Yeah. and I did not. With like that. a with like a half hour tutorial, you could have you could have eventually. Been really good. Yeah, you struggled with swinging from start to finish though, which is the best part of the game, which is why you probably did not enjoy it nearly as much. I've never been good at timing jumps, even on Mario. True. Like a Spyro, I struggle sometimes. Yes, yeah. but like Mario, like in college when we used to play the. Uh, Erica and Ethan would be like, Heather, no, because yeah. I'd fall to my death all the time because I just like start too early or time yeah. and jump. So that's yeah. what I did with the swinging is I would mistime the release to the next one. Yeah, round. no, you were terrible yeah. at that. I got some good battles in the end though that you did not think I was going to be able to True. win. With the guys with the flyy suits. Yep, you knocked those guys down. I got you enough points to get to the final level. True, I was starting to lose my my enthusiasm for the game and I think I was on like level 48 out of 50. Especially for like the mini games, like all the little, like by the end, Yeah, it's like the, the city is just fucking in flames. Like yeah. it was, there was too much going My on. biggest pet peeve with video games is what I call the Horizon Zero Dawn treatment, which means you cannot move from safely from one end of a map to another right. end. Without getting into an right. altercation. In Witcher, you will bump into one, but you're on a horse and you can get away from it within mm -hmm. five seconds if you Have don't want to fight. There's consent. In Horizon Zero Dawn, you could not get across a field. Mm -hmm. You had to stop, track every single fucking magical dinosaur, mm -hmm. and then carefully sneak through bushes. And that was like in level one. Yes. So Spider-Man was really, really good, yeah, until like the last set of like five or so main missions. And then every time you flew anywhere, you every got single shot at by rocket Had launchers. snipers and rockets, yeah. But eventually I went and I killed a bunch of those dudes yeah. so that you could get enough points to get to your final level. Level 50, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I was not a completionist by any sense in this game, but I did more than in most games. Because I actually really enjoyed the side missions. Like the backpacks and the yeah, pigeons I, and stuff. Yeah. When everything's on a map and it's an easy to understand map, like I'm all game for I'll go You hate maps and books and love maps in video games. Um, in some cases, yeah. Spider-Man... The entire series of video games has always had the best map and best setting because it's New York City down to scale, and you can move across How it so fast. How they make fast. it down to scale so well? It's amazing, and I guess what Google Maps like in any other game I've ever played, you always can't wait to get to a fast travel point so you can get to where you want to get to. In Spider-Man, I never used it once because it's just so swing. fun to move across yeah. the whole city, and it's not that huge of a map. Can you remind me, like, what the premise of the super? I, I don't under, really understand where the Spider-Man sure. fit into. Right, you like, didn't uh, really sit through most of the main missions. No, and you know, I find the main missions boring yeah. sometimes. It's a lot of cutscenes and villain. Uh, yeah, the main missions in this game were not the highlights. Were not the highlight. Um, there were some good battles and stuff near the end, and if you're like a Spider-Man fanboy or fangirl, then I think you'll like the the amount of villains and side characters you get to interact with. But for me, I was more like, just let me get back to swinging. I thought it was a little overwhelming. 
Yeah. Who so was, who in was this bad, one, who turned bad, who hadn't turned bad yet? Right. So in this one, Uncle Ben's dead. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. Um, so Peter is has been Spider-Man for a while, but is also working with Doc, Doctor Octavius. Right. Working on some new cool um, engineering and materials. Every and time stuff. I like came back and yeah. be like, is he evil yet? Because Correct. it was very it really obvious. didn't turn evil till like the last couple missions. So you he had was a really bad evil guy in this. You had him, you had um the the inverted guy, I forget what his name was. Henry Harry Um What's his name? I was trying to think of his villain name. Oh. The demon dude. Yeah. What was his actual name? Doctor um, Henry Lee or something. Yeah, Doctor Lee, I think. Um, so you had him, you had like four or five different types of bad guy groups that you had. It started with Fisk. Um, so anyways, you had that storyline. You had MJ. They were kind of off and on throughout mm -hmm. the story. She had the worst, they did the worst job of like yeah. making, like animating her, however you call it, in video Correct. games. And then they forced awful. you into some um, missions where you controlled her, but she had like no abilities except walking and crouching. And just deserved to die every single time. Yeah. Sometimes I would just get caught on purpose to have her scream. Um, and then you did have Miles in this one, which I'm sure excited a lot of people, but I, I was hoping for like some cool, um, sort of crossover with, uh, whatchamacallit? Amazing Technicolor Spider-Man? What was that movie called? The animated one? Into the Spider-Verse? Yeah, that one. Um, is that going to be the next game? Well, there was also downloadable content, which gets a lot of people fired up because they wanted you to buy additional packages with new levels and mm -hmm. new stories. So I assume some of that was maybe you got to play as Miles later on. But in terms of the core game and main missions, like he was just as boring as MJ. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think if we had game digits, I think it would probably be a B or a B plus. It was like B plus or A minus for me for the beginning, and I was eager to keep playing it, but I sort of lost interest in it. I end. think I would have given it like the limited amount I played, like a B minus or a C plus, because mm -hmm. I did not give a shit about the main storyline. Mm -hmm. I really, really didn't. I liked the swinging. Uh, it was like so realistic as to like give me vertigo sometimes. Yeah. When you went to the really high. Oh buildings. yeah, I loved doing the, the mm -hmm. swan dive. I like off those. literally it like my fear of heights was triggered. Yeah. Um, so I thought like some of the graphics were good, the swinging was good, I liked yeah. some of the side missions, but the main mission, I just did not give a shit about it. And yeah, Lost I really didn't... for me, because there was no Statue of Liberty mission. Yeah. There's gotta be one. I just... Well, we couldn't get out there. Remember how long we spent that one time? Because I was like, you have so to be able to get out So bad at swimming. There. I need Peter Parker to fucking take some swim lessons. Can't he just get like a... Like a underwater version of his suit? They have so many yeah. weird fucking versions of his suit. There probably was one that I never found, but... Um, so yeah, I didn't care about the main missions, and I also, uh, yeah, I didn't. I really didn't like at the end how like everything was attacking you every time you tried to get anywhere. Yeah, I really don't like when people like randomly shoot at you in video games. And yeah. You can't see where it's coming from. I am not good at any sort of shooter game in general. Yep. On the video on on video on games. On the video games. On the video game. <laughs> I get very anxious about it. I don't like guns in general. Yep. Uh, and I'm just not good at it. I struggle shooting and you I also mean? struggle with people shooting at me yep. so this game when like I couldn't really shoot back and all of a sudden they're just shooting at you and there's rocket launchers it's like that's not fun for me yeah I didn't like that bit but the combat system was pretty cool 
in terms of you never really got the gadgets and stuff down but once i got the hang of it though i did okay you can't just straight button mash and that's what i preferred but once you did some button mashing along with the actual power moves like mm -hmm. i i did okay towards that yeah uh i mean the development company behind it is the same people that make ratchet and clank so that was like guaranteed to titillate you sure <laughs> do we want to switch to the next uh Consecutive. Are you with child? We forgot to do any intro sounds. Oh yeah. Hmm. I thought you wanted to talk about Witcher. Oh. Uh, what are we talking about? We have been playing Witcher a little bit. Yeah. Um, and this oh, we'll talk about Spyro at some point, but this next yeah. second Spyro game. Jump the shark. Not good. Um, talk about fucking mini games. Me. Gosh. Yeah. Okay. What's you're saying? There's a chron chronological. Yes, Captain Marvel came before Endgame. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I'm just going to talk about them all as one. Please don't. Okay. So we're going to talk about Captain Marvel next. I don't have many notes for this, but this was one that I was like not super keen on seeing. How um, come? I, I wanted to see it eventually for like the girl powerness of it because I did, despite like Wonder Woman not being my favorite movie, I did enjoy like the empowerment aspect of it. And, like, I was going to say, I didn't really love this movie. Like nothing about it really grabbed me, but I thought the girl power was so much better than Wonder Woman. Mostly because they didn't waste any bullshit time on her being a girly girl. Yeah. Because she didn't even know who she was. She didn't know what time she was from or who she actually, like, what race of people she belonged to. So, like, there was none of, like, let's get dressed up in a, in a fancy ball gown and go out with the guy who's actually I, helping I you with everything. I was going to say, I feel like Captain Marvel was a true girl superhero movie and then there was no main dude helping her really correct nick fury was like along for the ride but he was more like just trying to keep up and try to figure out what the hell she was and then like the other guy was obviously from the beginning like kind of controlling and manipulative and then you find out later just to what extent that was yeah but yeah wonder woman was dressed up as a female empowerment movie but it really yeah. ended up being about the men correct uh or the men took pulled a lot of focus mm -hmm. whereas this one was very much about her and yeah. her best friends and uh, girl power. It just, but I didn't have to waste time like telegraphing that. It was just no. like, this is a girl that's kicking butt. Yeah. And like on a few occasions, they were like, oh, we were a part of the Air Force. That the only part that they let women into this yeah, special program. Yeah, at the time. And yeah, but they didn't have to like drown you in it to, to be like, this is a feminist piece of art. Well, and that's, I don't know. I just, I guess I was a little skeptical just because I didn't really care about Captain Marvel. I like some of, I didn't really like the trailers. I didn't think the trailers did a very good I job. I thought I was going to hate Brie Larson. I, had ne I hadn't seen oh, I Room. I love Brie Larson. I had no special uh, affection for her. I just think she's cool. Uh, I have a little bit of a crush on her. But now. yeah, she was pretty cool. Um, I just didn't care. Like the, the way that the trailers were portrayed, it was like some sort of alien, like superhero type story, Superman type story where he mm -hmm. comes from another planet to like save Earth or whatever. Like I don't really care for that version yeah. of superhero so i was just like i don't know was not enthused and then my kids Says at school the woman who loves thor yeah um <laughs> my kids at school all said it wasn't great uh -huh. my eighth graders who i generally trust with pop culture things although they think shuri sucks and i've gotten a big fight with them what about shuri wow oh uh, anyways I think it's just like cool at this point to like not like Black Panther though if you're like a black kid because like for a while it was like you had to love T'Challa because he was like mm -hmm. a black superhero and now I think because Miles is now yeah like ship a sail on Black Panther yeah a little bit it's like it's not as cool anymore 
And they really didn't do shit in Endgame, but we'll get there. Anyways. Um, so anyways, I trust my eighth graders on this, but I saw the movie, really enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed, like, the vibe of the movie more than, like, the actual plot of the movie, yeah. if that makes sense. Um, yeah, the plot's not great. The plot hinges on you thinking that a certain group of people are the bad guys for half the movie and then being okay with it totally flipping like, to the it second kind half. of works. But the bad but guys are kind of bad for the first half. When the movie first started, I was like, oh, I'm not going to like this space. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I don't like Superman. And I think that's my problem is that I kept comparing it to Superman. Mm-hmm. I, I have no, no feeling for Superman okay. whatsoever. You know what I mean, though, about the similar, like... Yeah. Um, so at first, I was like, oh, I'm not going to like the space stuff. And then I was like, oh, I'm into this space stuff. It's kind of mm-hmm. like Guardi- Guardians of the Galaxy. I was like, I'm into the space stuff. And then it switched to, like, being on Earth. And I was like, man, can we go back to space? <laughs> and then when we figured out that she was really from Earth, I was like, man, get rid of the space stuff. Can I just have the prequel where her and yeah. her best friend are just being badass I in, do the, feel in the Air Force? like the movie hinges a lot also on flashbacks and trying to piece that together. And I get why they did it. Like, that maintains a lot of the mystery of it. But, yeah, I feel like the story before this story is, like, the, what you really want to come yeah, to see. Yeah, so at first I was like, all right, I'm into the space story, actually. I'm liking this. And then I was like, wait a minute, fuck that. Yeah. I just want the straight, in-order version where she's, yeah. like, a badass taking over the The first superhero movie that's actually probably needed a two-parter. And, of course, yes. it's, it doesn't get one. Sexist. I wonder why. Mm-hmm. Um... So yeah, the plot was a little bit obvious to some extent that yeah. obviously Jude Law was evil. He just looked evil from the beginning <laughs> and was obviously manipulating her and like keeping secrets from her. Yeah. Um, so it was a little bit of a twist, but like not yeah. a twist I cared the most about. And then they were just kind of dumb at the end with some of the things they did. They're like, why yeah. don't we go to the secret place and very obviously go there, even though yeah. it's a secret and everyone's hiding there. Like, um, But I realized during... Probably during that scene, actually, when she's fighting them on the space station, whatever, that that's why my my kids didn't like it mm-hmm. because it's not for them. Mm-hmm. It is not for like tw- 11, 12 year olds. It's for like the twenty something, thirty year olds mm-hmm. who like grew up in the nineties, were were little girls in the nineties, yeah, and like. Playing I'm just a girl while she's come in, just come into her full powers and like fighting all of her past like abusers yeah. was just like amazing. Yeah. I thought, I think we were probably five years off the, the exact target. I was going to say like three years. Yeah. I think if you were born in 1985, this was probably perfect for yes, you. Yes. I think some of Because the- yeah, you say we're children of the 90s, but in 1999, I would have been 11. So I wasn't... I was listening to a little bit of No Doubt that year, but not a ton. Yes, I agree with you that that's... Uh, Only the hits. Some of the nostalgia did not work. Like, there was, like, a Fonzie um, yeah. lunchbox that, like, I never sure. watched Happy Days. Like, I was far too young for that. Blockbuster. Um, yeah, so some of the nostalgia stuff, like, was definitely skewed a little bit too old for us. Yeah. Like, our older siblings or older cousins or yeah. whatever. But it was better than Ready Player One, which I never saw, but... Like, eight, people who love the 80s are so fucking annoying. Like, 80s, 80s yeah, uh, Comic-Con style We were born yeah. in the 80s. I was, like, I spent nine months of my life in the 80s. <laughs> That's it. Um, so I can I can get away with saying, oh, you're born in the 90s. You're so young. But, like, I was born in 89. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you that we were a little bit off uh-huh. in terms of some of the but nostalgia. But you could appreciate but it. But I could appreciate it. Like, I was 
an elementary and middle school in the 90s. So I appreciate like the girl power 90s vibe that was very specific to that generation of girls who it was this age where like girls can kind of do anything. Like they tell you that girls can do anything, mm-hmm. but then there's still all the sexism in workplaces and yeah. all. And, and you know, girls couldn't play certain Not sports. Not a lot of follow through. Girls aren't allowed to play certain sports and that. So it was this very like mixed messaging of the nineties. I feel like where it was kind of like girl power, girls in power suits, girls can do anything, but like, go do it over there. Actually. But actually you can't. Yeah. Um, and I thought this movie was a great, I don't know, just really empowering, like lift you up. Those girls from the nineties so still a little bit feel like that. Yeah. Um, and are so frustrated with a bunch of the women's rights shit that's going down right now. Yeah. Like this movie was a great antidote to that. Uh, my only other comment about Captain Marvel is that, truth be told, I don't really care that much for Samuel L. Jackson in in anything. Okay. Like he's not, he doesn't do it for me, and I've. Never cared one iota about Nick Fury. So if you were like interested in more of his backstory, then this is the movie for you. But I couldn't care less that he got scratched by a cat. He's just the same person Mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. Um, He was fine in this movie. I thought it was interesting to see him. How they had to try to de-age him. That was impressive. I give Samuel credit for that. That was... uh, Um, I give him, I was just going to say, I thought it was interesting to see, to go back and see kind of how he became the person he was Mm -hmm. and how, because in all the other ones, you just see him like he's just put together the Avengers and you're like, how did you, so I did find it a little bit interesting. I was not like a hundred percent compelled by it, um, but I did find it a little bit interesting, but it certainly wasn't like the best part of the movie for me or anything like that. Um, I really liked Brie Larson. I thought she was cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Part of me thinks she was all of a sudden very mysteriously powerful. Like she could just like fly through space. Yeah. But then I'm like, is that a little bit of internalized sexism talking? Because like Thor in the Thor movie, like just randomly can see lightning through his eyeballs. And I didn't like blink twice at that. No, I kind of liked that. They didn't, they didn't have to explain all of her special powers. It was just like, don't, don't doubt her because she could probably do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did have some arguments with my kids about that. The kids at school about like, why was she so powerful and mm-hmm. whatever? Because um, they they didn't want me to like it if they didn't like it. But All right, anyways. babe. Let's let's wrap up our. Ugh. Did you have you taken any quizzes on how many of the movies you saw in the Marvel universe? Never saw Doctor Strange. Um, mm-hmm. Partially because I don't care, and partially because of like all the racism stuff that surrounded that movie. I was like, I'm not mm-hmm. even gonna give it a chance. Never saw Doctor Strange. I don't think I ever saw I- the full Iron Man two because everyone said it was terrible. Uh huh. I don't think I ever saw the full Thor Second too. Ant-Man? Never saw Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wish I had seen it. I might the... see that one because I love Evangeline Lily. Oh, really? Yeah. You do love a dark brunette. Mm-hmm. Natalie Portman. Heather. Um, sure. Um, I kind of wish I had seen that just because a surprising amount of the plot of Endgame hinged on like, that. I give, I give Endgame credit. Like, I was expecting to... To want to go make a couple bathroom breaks and like really tune out, and Paul Rudd kept me invested for the first half. He was like, did a good job of being kind of like the viewer. Yep. Uh, the surrogate viewer. Yep. Were in that like he was doing what you were doing, like trying to eat tacos and getting frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that was a good. That was a good shot. 
So yeah, I, I actually saw the first Ant-Man movie like by myself in Australia mm-hmm. when I was unemployed mm-hmm. in the middle of the day. Yep. Um, and it was fine, but not enough to make me want to see the second one. But yeah, I kind of wish I did so I understood a little bit more of the plot that was going on here. Um, and so I, could have, I couldn't figure out who was Paul Rudd's child versus wife versus girlfriend. Yeah. I was real confused about me. that. Um, so I, everyone knows my feelings about Infinity War, so I will not rehash those. This has been a long enough podcast yep. as it is. Um, that's, that's really a factor, though, because you can't judge this movie. You have to treat it as six hours of, of material. I wish I had never seen Infinity War and had just watched this movie. I yeah. think I could have watched this movie without seeing Infinity if War. If they just told you that there was a bad guy, Thanos, who disappeared half of global population. If it was like, that's what you missed on. Glee. Yeah. Like, that's all I would have needed. I wish I yeah. had just seen, like, a five-minute summary of Infinity War and then seen this movie. Because mm-hmm. this movie wasn't bad. No. It went back. It focused on, this, like, the, like, some of the original Avengers Tried to make you be interested in Hawkeye, which never worked for a second in no. any of these movies. No, even his, even his haircut didn't make me. Oh my! Yeah, Jeremy Renner, he's a movie star with that he's face. Like, he's like a dick too. With that face. Um, so it it went back to the basics, kind of focused on yeah. just a few characters, which it's much stronger when it's doing that and not trying to balance a massive cast. It saved the massive cast for that, like, we're fucked moment, and then everyone appears. Right. It was. It, they were cameos. They were not part of the movie. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, th- you can't have that many main cast members. Yeah, that's why like, I'm reluctant to say anything super nice about this movie, because it was part two of a thing that should not have existed They literally had to kill off three quarters of the characters in order... To make a viewable to thing. To make a viewable movie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my takeaway was that I literally wish I had never seen Infinity War. That still it was one of, like, the worst movie experiences for me. I didn't mm-hmm. enjoy it at all. It totally ruined Thor. I said I wasn't going to get into yep. it, so I'll stop. Um, I, I would rewatch Endgame just for the fat Thor scenes. Do you have any uh, fat-shaming feelings about it? Because I read an article about how... It contrast contrasted um, Iron Man being sick and like thin and wasting mm-hmm. away, and how you're supposed to feel about that version of a, like a mental illness. Oh gosh, kind there of were think pieces about versus, this. Yes, versus the Thor, because like Iron Man's was played as like, look how serious and edgy and sad he is because he's like yeah. wasting away, and Thor's was like played for laughs, even though he like was seriously depressed. Yeah, no, I loved every second of it, um, and I love thinking that like even if I fall into deep depression. I love food so much that I'll always have food. That's how I left that scene. I thought you were going to say, I'll always have Thor. No, I'll always have Thor. Um, I didn't... I love Thor. I did not find Fat Thor very funny, (laughs) honestly, because I just felt bad for him. Uh Um, Not that I didn't find it a little bit humorous, his whole whole thing. Yeah. But like, just his fatness, I did not find funny. Up on the Wi-Fi, guys. I was so happy. (laughs) That Taika Waititi was yeah, in this. That that was great. So happy. Yeah, actual Fat Thor was sad and uncomfortable, but the setting, the scene was fun. correct. Yeah. Correct. Um, what else you got? Yeah, that's what I'm looking. I don't know if I like how much I want to get into all of this. There's some like think pieces that I've read that make me oh, angry about it, and then I'm trying to th- compare it with my actual viewing experience, which like 
it was fine. Yeah, it was a superhero it movie. It was a superhero movie. They had to overcome some stuff. They had to fight some bad guys, and they won in the end. There was some wonky time paradox stuff that didn't make a ton of sense. Didn't even bug me that much. Really? You hate time travel stuff. Um... Yeah. Oh, no. I, it did bug me. Yeah, I don't, know why, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. It bugged me most because they were, like, super, super... Em- put a lot of emphasis on, like, you can't... Yeah, interact oh fuck yes like guardians of the galaxy is like a it should it should have been like a side mission in all mm-hmm. in this whole universe mm-hmm. and instead they came to dominate it because they decided to go with thanos for the big big bad um but yeah i i always forget who nebula is and who she's yeah. related to and then to have the emotional story based on her and, and the like, whole plot the plot yeah. hinge on her switching place thing um but yeah i thought the biggest mistake they made was emphasizing that the people could not like interrupt themselves in the past and yet they sent the same people back to their own pasts yeah like if you were worried about captain america bumping into captain america in the pre-war uh, old-timey scenes, then you should have actually flipped it and sent, like, Thor to old America and sent Captain America to uh, Thor's planet. Yeah. I also want to point out that you were calling Nebula Samosa for most of yes. the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I kind of thought that was dumb, and then they were like, yeah, no, you can't change anything, but then Captain America did fight himself in New York. Yes. So the cool, the thing I liked about the time travel was how they actually weave the the new stuff in. Like I have no idea how much of that old. I recognize some of those scenes from yeah. the first adventures, but, but it made it seem very natural. Yeah. Like, oh, that's definitely what happened. But you're yeah. like, did I see those parts? Um, I thought the 1970s one was a bit of a stretch. Right. I guess that was the point. That wasn't their original plan. But to have. Tony be a fetus and Captain yeah. America be frozen in ice and go back to that timeline. I guess they're not going to run into themselves. Right. But, like, if he's a fetus, can he really go back to that time? I was like, yeah, no, that was bit. pandering to fans, just to. Yeah, and there's. I don't know get into the Peggy. Thing pieces get into I want to get into. Um, just, like, from an emotional viewer standpoint, they got me with the Peggy stuff. Like, right. spoilers, I guess, if you haven't seen it, obviously. But, like, I kind of wanted him to stay there with her, and then he, like, goes back and basically does that. Mm-hmm. And, like, they had a date, and he got his date, and, Did like... Did the ages line up, though? No. Um, in the real, like, Marvel Universe, Peggy, like, has a husband and has kids and is happy Ugh. and moves on from Captain America, who is basically just, like... A fling. They, a fling. Mm-hmm. Uh, who she loved and had strong feelings for, but, like, they literally, like... Did they even kiss? I don't know. Um, so I also, it also makes it really weird that, um, he dated Karen, uh, Sharon Carter and was like living with her in one of the previous Avengers movies or Civil War or whatever. One of the other Marvel movies when she would be like his niece, it gets Mm. really weird. Like they didn't really think of a lot of the timeline things and it seems like they kind of took away Peggy's agency to give Cap some sort of manufactured happy storyline. And also, like, they took away a lot of the Bucky things. That was supposed to be his <laughs> best friend. He was so upset when he was dusted and, like, literally did not speak his name for all of Endgame. <laughs> and he came back and he was like, oh, hey, Buck. Like, yeah, that's it. I put, like, Bucky and Hawkeye into a club of just, like, 
they were there. I'm sure they were important in the comics, but like the movies did not did not sell them. Yeah, really. Um, I I also have read a lot about how frustrating it is to compare the Natasha, the Black Widow death with Tony's death. Yeah, they both died for the cause. Yep. And Natasha, they all, like, looked at the lake sadly for, like, 30 yeah. seconds. And Tony, they had a whole fucking funeral full, for yeah. him Real and, like, <laughs> 10 minutes about it. Yeah. Um, and it's frustrating that the only female member of the Avengers was the only, uh, the... Sacrifice. She, she was, like, the only one sacrificed, really, in the middle of it. Yeah. And then got just, like, nothing out of it. Yeah. The, uh, the patriarchal reply would be, well, Iron Man 1 started this whole thing. So that's how it ends. I'm fine with that, but why that doesn't? Why couldn't they have equal amounts of grief? I'm not yeah. saying they should have ended on Natasha, but yeah. um, I also was kind of confused with the five year age difference. Like the the ones that came back, it was like five years later when they all came back. Mm. So like, wouldn't they be different ages now? I was very confused about like. Did the people age while they were in the the quantum realm or whatever? Or, like, I don't... It seemed like the way mm. they played it off was that they just came back and no time had passed for them, whereas everyone else had passed for five years. Wouldn't that mean, like, Peter Parker was, like, five grade levels behind all his friends? Yeah. Did they just stop having school when half the people disappeared? Like, so they it was went very leftover-y. They went back in time to get the stones, which they then brought... Everyone back to the current timeline. But they brought past stones into the present stones? Yes. Because the present stones had been, had been... Destroyed. Destroyed. Right. And the snap... Like, I've never... Who would have thought, like, you'd have this humongous universe of movies and comics and it all hinges on how quickly you can snap your fingers? Yes. <laughs> I can't even snap. I would have been terrible on this nope. movie. Um, so that was, like, kind of confusing to me. And also, I mean, I... I'm glad they did it that way and didn't try to, like, make everything from Infinity War not happen. Because yeah. that's what I thought they were going to go with. Back to that was time. Was go all the way back. Yeah. So I'm kind of glad that they didn't try to do it that way. Mostly because of Tony's little girl. I was yeah. very worried that he was going to have to make the choice of, like, his daughter not existing. Mm -hmm. Like, the actual ending. About time. Yes. Paradox. The actual ending where... She just has to grow up without a dad is obviously terrible, but like mm -hmm. she still exists. Like I yeah. thought the kind of moral quandary was going to be that they were going to go back to where they were, so his whole life wasn't going to exist. So I'm kind of glad yeah. they didn't do that. But the thing that like breaks my heart for Tony Stark, he's never been like my favorite character per mm -hmm. se, but he was happy. Mm -hmm. Like he did like the self-sacrificing thing where he's trying to make everybody else happy, but like he had built the life that he wanted. Oh, I want that lake house, right? He had the lake house, the kid, the wife. The tech. The tech. He was, like, happy there. Like, that's the real tragedy of them, is that, like, he was mm -hmm. happy, you know? I know you never notice music mm -hmm. in movies, but did you notice there was, like, no music or songs at all in this movie? Uh, I, find it, no. I found it very weird. Was there no score, you're saying? There was, like, there wasn't very much of a score. Huh. I Goodness. found it very strange and a little bit off-putting while I was watching it. And I don't always notice that, but we mm -hmm. were just talking about how Captain Marvel, I liked just, like, the songs and the score. Yeah. And this one, maybe it's because it was supposed to be, like, very serious and... I don't know. Um, Whatever. I mean, now seeing 
how they tried to wrap up Game of Thrones. Like, I give the writers and directors of, of this movie, like, more credit than I would have thought I would. Fair. Because they did weave things together in a... Decent uh, Seems way. like it was satisfying for, for big fans. And for me, I was like, sure, good enough. And I was just happy that, like, the emotions of this one felt more natural. I was so mad about infinity war because it was so manipulated yeah they just like intentionally put scenes in so that you would then feel sad about those scenes later and like it they did not naturally pick up on your emotions they forced they like jam it down your throat yeah. they were like you have to be sad about spider-man right now yeah like it wasn't it didn't feel very genuine or very earned yeah and i was like angry crying in infinity war because i was like i don't want to give you my tears because mm. it was so poorly done but it is sad, but it was so poorly done. Whereas this one, like, a little girl who, like, wants a cheeseburger at her dad's funeral. Like, it was, it felt more natural to be sad about that. Yeah. And they did a better job of kind of letting some of those emotions and feelings breathe a little bit better in this movie instead of just having it, like, torture, torture, death, sadness, torture, like Infinity War was. So I appreciate that. Right. Um, and... Any other parting thoughts? I think, was it your comment or my comment? But... One of us said that it would have been a better TV series. I think it was your comment. Yeah. Like, that if you put the two movies together, it's like five oh, fucking yeah. hours of movies. That does sound like me. Whereas if you did it as a TV show and could have separated out, especially Infinity War, separated out some of those, like, sacrifice torture moments a little bit more. Yeah. I think it would have been better. Yeah, a cliffhanger every week. Yeah. Why don't, why don't you and I just sit back and have people come to us and we tell them what format they should be in? I don't know could do that. I don't know. Um, my last comment was that, I know we were talking about why I saw the movie. Mm -hmm. Captain Marvel was because a friend wanted to see it and I was like, yeah, sure. I'm like, whatever. I'm interested enough to see that and get some girl empowerment. This movie, the main reason I wanted to see it when we did was so the kids at school would stop being so fucking annoying about spoiling me about it. Yeah. Like, they were so annoying, like, kind of teasing me about spoiling it. And mm -hmm. then they were, some of the kids were just doing it on purpose to be dicks. Uh, and then I was just like living in fear that I was going to be spoiled at school sometime. Mm -hmm. Like I literally told the kids that I would make up an assignment called "Did you spoil Miss G for this movie?" and then give them a zero if they spoiled me. <laughs> so I was like, they were very annoying about the spoilers, and that's the main reason I wanted to see it was so that I could not live in fear at my job. Okay. Now that you've called your students dicks, let's <laughs> move on. So they were being dicks. Uh, I only have one upcoming thing. Bob's Burgers movie is coming out next year. Oh, okay. I never watched the whole series. No, it's like one of my laundry folding shows. Okay. Um, I finally got inspired to look up who does the voice of Linda and found out it was a dude. Yeah. Which blew my mind a bit. Not that shocking. Okay, you got anything? Um, the Art of Racing in the Rain, are we going to see that? Has it already been a movie? Uh-uh. It's in got same... Milo, Vincent, and Gaglia from... Uh, oh. What did you just say? This is us, Milo Ventimiglia. Sure. The dark-haired, the dad from This Is, is Us Is it in the same vein as those other dog movies that, that always come up on trailers? Um, dog's no. Purpose, Dog's Journey? In between. Yeah. It seems a little bit more like a real movie. Okay. Um, but I, the dog dies, so I don't really want to see it. Okay. Um, Rocket Man. Mm -hmm. I just you are all saw in, yes. a review. I was already kind of all in, and I like Taron Egerton. But mm -hmm. um, I just saw a review saying basically it's like the most ridiculous over-the-top biopic. And uh, it works less. perfectly for Elton John because mm -hmm. like that's who his persona is. Yep. And that it really works. And it's 
like just go into it knowing it's going to be ridiculous and over the top and it will be and it will be a fun viewing experience like for all the stuff about the queen movie it was fun to watch mm -hmm. and i think this movie will be equally fun to watch and hopefully have less um scandal and post watching guilt than that one man i wish people paid us to to promote these movies um the hustle Half of me doesn't want to see it because Anne Hathaway's accent is terrible. Yeah. Half of me wants to I see it. I did laugh at the trailers. Because I keep laughing at the trailers. And Rebel Wilson, like, I don't always like her as a person, but her, like, I don't her her type of humor Shtick, yeah. really works for me in those types of movies. Um, especially the part, like, shout out to Beth, who will never listen to this probably. It's about the trash bag? The trash dress. I've Beth, never seen you laugh so much. Beth used to have this in high school. She had this trash bag dress, we called it, because it was this black weird fabric dress that looked like a trash bag uh -huh. and I'm sure it was actually very fashionable like she was always very fashionable when uh -huh. we were like wearing sweatpants what we called in her trash bag dress like kind of affectionately and then in the trailer there's that one part where she hides in the trash and she's like trash bag dress does it again and I was like <laughs> yes so that really um, hit close to home for me okay uh that's definitely like a what should we watch at home when we're bored one time movie yeah. that would be a good one um always be my maybe did you see that one with Ali Wong Mm -mm. Um, we watched her comedy stand-up special that one time. Wait, yeah. Does this have the dad from... Yes. Yeah. And then also has Keanu Reeves okay. in it. Yeah. Um, it looks like a good um, Netflix-y type comedy. Yeah. Um, it's, it's on Netflix, I believe. Of, it's got a ton of, like, good Asian-American rep, which is nice. Yeah. And, like, Asian-American dudes as, lead, as leads, which you don't see that often. Yeah, heard the fallout from What's-Her-Face, who's the other half of Fresh Off the Boat. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, I didn't really think it was that big of a deal. I think her her statement about it was more problematic than her actual comments. Yeah. I thought it was kind of funny. Okay. You have some feelings about it? If you're getting paid millions to do a TV show, just shut up. Get off Twitter. Yeah. I That's usually so. my answer to most people is get off Twitter. I look through your t retweets and I'm like, get off Twitter. <laughs> to me or to the people the that I'm retweeting? People. Um, the last one I want to talk about... I should probably save for a different time because we're a little bit... Yep. But I'm going to... Got 10 seconds. Go. Really? What is it? Maybe I should save it. Tell me more. Whisper it to me. Yeah, no, we're going to have to save that. Okay. So we'll save that one for a different time. Yep. That should maybe be the beginning <laughs> of the podcast because we could get into it a little bit. Yeah. Um, Twitter, man. Twitter, man. That's a get-off Twitter moment, too. Um, so we'll save that one for, for next time. That'll be our cliffhanger ending for next time. Uh... We won't be back next week, but hopefully yep. the week after, because sure. school will finally be out. Yep. We can podcast any day of the fucking week. And I'm going to bring this laptop on our European, We're gonna when we're summering in Europe, so who knows? We could get a rainy Do day. And, yeah. Okay, some night. All right, kids. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to our um, lukewarm Marvel takes. Okay. Let us know if we're right or wrong. And we'll see you next time. Take care of yourselves. Bye. Bye.